All right. <laughs> we are we we are on the air on our side. Uh, and Sesh, you're on the air on your side. All right. Well, then let's start it off in five, four, three, two, one. Hello, all you spry tubers and twitchers out there. Welcome to the Could You Do It Better podcast. We're filmmaker, gamer extraordinaire, and the behind-the-scenes awesomeness known as Sesh, and the writing and directing sensation known as Maria. Discuss popular television shows and movies, and answer the always controversial question of, could you do it better? Today, we will be discussing episode 8 of Damon Lindelof's The Watchmen television series, as inspired by Alan Moore's graphic novel. And as for me, I'm Jonathan, and unlike our two experts, have no industry experience whatsoever. In other words, I'm much like Dr. Manhattan, unable to actively influence things, distant and detached, and making heads explode whenever I start interacting. <laughs> and now, to Sesh and Maria. Woo! That was great. That was great? Thank you. Thank you. That was a good one. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, so this is the penultimate episode, which... I can't believe it's already coming to an end this soon, huh? Yeah. Very soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's gone by quick. I can, I can do a whole other season already. Yeah, there is rumors going both ways on that. Uh, we'll keep our ear to the ground. <laughs> um, but in any case, before we get to our recap, I actually am remembering to do this first this episode. Mm -hmm. Spoiler warning. In this episode, we will be doing a detailed recap of episode 8 of the Watchmen TV series that will contain spoilers throughout, like every question. So if you haven't watched this episode and don't want to hear spoilers beforehand, please feel free to put us on mute as you watch the episode, then re-watch our show afterwards. And that's how you double view counts. And now, on to the recap as mandated by our legal department. We begin with ZZ Top, sharp-dressed blue man, strolling through the raucous streets of Vietnam on victory in Vietnam Day. The man, deciding he didn't want anyone to mistake him for a smurf, puts on a Dr. Manhattan mask and struts into Cheers, where everybody knows his name. With the laser focus of a well-seasoned man whore, he scans the bar for the depressed single girl isolated away from friends to ply with drinks for a drunken hookup. Jackpot! A wild, dour Angela Abar is approached. It's almost like taking candy from a baby for a blue Mac Daddy as he butters her up with sexy line after sexy line. Like, you're here to mourn the anniversary of your parents' death. And we're going to have a tragic 10-year relationship. Hot. <laughs> so hot. Spitting lines like that, it's no wonder. My go-to line of, damn, I wish I could be your derivative, baby, so then I could be tangent to those curves. Doesn't work as well as I hoped it would. Anyways, as the wooing commences, Dr. Manhattan flexes that his profession is God, while humble bragging that he created life on Europa, walked on water, and teleported a mansion all within 90 seconds. Angela hints that she's looking forward to other things he can do in 90 seconds. <laughs> now that she's primed and ready, it's time to open up to her with a personal feel-good story. And so Dr. Manhattan tells her about his childhood as a young Jew in Germany during World War II. 
Oh boy, abort, abort. Enter young John Osterman, entering a palatial estate remarkably similar to the courthouse Azamandius was sentenced in, clearly an oversight by the script supervisor. John winds up getting trapped in R. Kelly's closet, and as a peeping John, sees Phillips and Crookshanks making some babies. He gets caught and makes a solemn vow on a Bible to them to make something beautiful. Nice course correction. Intercut beautiful scenes of John making splatter paintings of Vietnamese bodies and his oh. beautiful garden of trebuchet murdered clones. <laughs> Dr. Mac Daddy puts it all on the line and says he loves present, future, and past her. And Angela, channeling Meatloaf, responds by saying, she'd do anything for love, but she won't do that, pointing to his Dr. Manhattan mask. Burn! <laughs> Epic mask shame. Dr. Manhattan expresses regret over Vietnam, similar to how Europe expresses regret over Africa and World War II, and America expresses regret over Native Americans, Hawaiians, internment camps, and slavery. And just like that, Angela becomes yet another minority conquered by a European as she accepts his dinner proposal. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. These get harder and harder to get through each time. I tell you, fast forward two weeks where she goes body shopping with him at the local morgue to pick out the hottest new designer trends in custom-made de dead bodies. And Dr. Mahan officially becomes Deadite Cal. Fast forward six months to the fight Dr. Man Cal said they'd have due to his omniscience. As such, Dr. Man Cal does the one thing that for sure makes a bad doomed relationship better. He decides to put a ring on it. <laughs> and so Dr. Mancal goes on a trek where he risks hypothermia while free-donging in Antarctica to meet his jeweler, Ozzy. Ozzy is depressed because despite killing three million random people to stop people making a mistake, people are still attempting to make the same mistake 20 years later. You know... For being the smartest person in the world, you'd think he'd at some point figure out that human's gonna human. <laughs> but I digress. Dr. Mankale interrupts Ozzy's squidfall and gets his engagement ring to divorce himself from Dr. Manhattan. Snap forward to present day where Angela just finished playing whack-a-mole with Kale's cranium. Dr. Manhattan has officially <laughs> entered the building after his 10-year coma, and he has the awareness of, well, someone who has just come out of a 10-year coma. He immediately walks on the pool and zaps away Angela's children to her grandfather, showboating once again that he's a god. At Angela's request, he speaks with her grandfather in the past to determine how he knew Sheriff Judd was in Cyclops and the KKK member. Will said he didn't, but he does now, thereby setting in motion a closed-loop paradox chain of events leading to her grandfather killing her friend way back in episode one. And that, kids, is why you never time travel to the past. As Dr. Manhattan makes some waffles, the 7th Cavalry show up to capture him, and he won't be able to do anything to stop them. Angela does a quick number crunch, giving them a 32.33 repeating, of course, percentage chance of survival, and goes all Leroy Jenkins on them. As she is about to experience certain death, Dr. Manhattan, in all his body-exploding glory, comes in to atomize the Rorschachs as only he knows how. Angela declares victory, 
But alas, Dr. Manhattan says, no, 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 and gets blasted in the back by the cavalry's death laser fired by the one cavalry member he missed. Guess Ozzy was right after all, that even Dr. Manhattan wouldn't be able to stop all 3,000 nukes. And finally, a fleeting Dr. Manhattan was left to put his feelings into guttural sounds, which have been transcribed by a resident expert, Dr. Maria. <clears throat> This is uh, the love poem written by Dr. Manhattan to Angela Abar. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depths of Europa and the pools of my Adams and Eves. My soul, whether a boy in England or a man on Mars, has always seen you. For the ends of being and ideal grace, I love thee no matter what body and face. My tunnel of love by sun and barroom God's blue light I love thee freely to show manifest eggs of life. I love thee purely as you would challenge fate. I love thee with the will and ring to forget in my old griefs of misled wars and Aussie's squids. I love thee though tragedy mists our 10 years space. Though my life will be lost, I will keep thee safe. Smiles, tears, and hopes and fears all wound in our tunnel. I shall, will, and have loved thee as I am black, white, or blue. Our love is what I know is true. Thank you, Dr. Maria. <laughs> Lots of tunnels. <laughs> this recap was brought to you by Datelines, LLC, the fine makers of the Datelines app, now on Apple and iOS. Have you ever been on an awkward Tinder or Grinder date where you can't come up with the right pickup line to get in your date's pants? Are you tired of striking out at the bar at 2 a.m.? When you freeze at not knowing what to say as the tipsiest person there leaves the bar alone? Well, the Datelines app is for you. Datelines gives you the perfect pickup line for any situation like, wow, your heart is a rock. Later tonight, I might just have to drill you. Oh. Or, ooh, baby, you can be my lassie as I'd get my Timmy stuck all up in that well. Oh. Datelines. Where if our 12,563 state-of-the-art lines don't work, maybe it's just you. And that's our recap, as mandated by our legal department. Back to you, Session Maria. Thank you, PA. Thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that was... <laughs> that, that was... That was great. <laughs> You know, you gotta you gotta back our sponsors such that we get that that beautiful such that we can get our uh, our our promo money. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. So our our first question of the evening is could you do it better? Should John have told Angela the date and time of the end of their relationship? If given the chance, would you choose to know the future? Let's begin with Sesh today. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Um, so him saying what he did was already a bit much. Like, where's the mystery? Like, how can you not be paranoid the whole relationship when you for sure know something negative? Like, how? It's like how today I saw a spider in my room before I could. Yet my cat, it vanished. Now I have this feeling of dread. Don't tell me that will happen. Oh, no. <laughs> I might do something like, you know, ask uh, Mr. Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan, I mean, um, 
after our happy 10 years, will I be okay? Will I love again? The thing is, is the problem with asking these questions are only getting a couple of answers. The thing is, you need to ask more questions all the time. It's just going to make you more paranoid. More. You got to live life. <laughs> like all the life. Yeah. Excellent point. So what do you think, Jonathan? Well, while I know that for many people, that's tempting to know their future. And heck, we have a plethora of very profitable fortune-telling businesses based on this idea in astrology, tarot, palm reading, tea leaf readings, and in more ancient times, oracles and prophets. This, though, is something that for me personally, I've always been very firmly against. While in theory, it's useful to know your future such that you can prepare for it, knowing firmly what will happen no matter what you do, and it's completely unavo unavoidable, creates a constantly ticking clock in your life, unintended, one that you can never turn off. As such, you are always actively preparing for the future instead of focusing on and enjoying the present, and hence everything you do is almost part of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And in more extreme cases, life becomes an inescapable prison. Hmm. For some smaller, less personal, and more general related future knowledge, there could be benefit, like, say, knowing how stocks are going to move, or, say, major upsets in gray sports almanacs, such that you can turn yourself into an egomaniacal billionaire <laughs> as the world falls into the hellscape of your making until your inevitable defeat by a young punk who rides a mean hoverboard. But to know life events or anything related to major failures, losses, or deaths would be both crippling and also as humorous as it is to say, rather meaningless, as the knowledge you get will only amplify and extend your suffering over a, give, over a given event for a greater period of time. As far as John telling her when the relationship would end, I would say that it really adds no value whatsoever unless Angela is distinctly looking for a 10-year relationship that ends in tragedy. Now, maybe. I, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know how many people out there would find that attractive, but I guess it would have attraction value for whoever it does. That's right, folks. <laughs> There's someone out there for everybody. You know, I, I agree with you. There's what we tend to do is obsess over things that we know about and especially the bad things. Mm -hmm. Our minds like to focus on the bad. And if we know about the bad ahead of time, that's just what we're going to fill our lives with, which is like what you said, like a prison. Yeah, um, just like with um, in the episodes prior, uh, Euphoria. It was made for people to remember good memories, but all they did was dwell on the, the, on bad. the bad ones. Exactly. Yep. So um, I understand why John told Angela he knows that she needs to feel a sense of stability and a safety in the knowledge about her future, something she's never had. However, as we see even with Angela, she doesn't want to accept her fate and fights to change it. I think that's what makes us human, our fight to change our supposed fate. We fight to change our world to make a better place so we don't have to fall ill to what our ancestors did. We work to evolve our knowledge so that our suffering can be diminished. Being told the future and knowing for sure it's going to happen takes away that spark in us that pushes us to create an ideal world. Uh, that to me is the journey. The important part of our lives is our hope and our efforts to achieve a better life for our families and for humanity. The end is not the important part. It is just the inevitable part. Um, if we know about it, it will affect us negatively 
and make that end more important than it should be. So yeah, yeah, same lines. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So our next question: Could you date a god, Sesh? <laughs> um, I, I mean, my first instinct is instinct is sure it could be fun. <laughs> He's actually interested, and you know what? I, I think he does come across as interested in Angela, so probably because he's really just a demigod that still started as a human, so mm. he saw some humanity. So if he would show that amount of interest in me, yeah, I think that would be fun. Want to give a homeless person some money? Sure. Want to have a pie? Sure. Want to replace my body with a better butt? Yeah, sure, babe. Let's do it. He was pretty charming on their date somehow, despite everything he said. And <laughs> um, that, nice. I would say okay. But if he uses any more of that humanity, it's going to feel dull. And it's going to feel, feel real fast, even when it's not. So right now, yeah, I'll see if Yeah. Jonathan, how about you? Would you date a god? Well, just like dating a normal person, it would really depend on their power level, their oh. actions, and their demeanor. Oh. If they're omniscient or omnipotent, I, I think it's a strong no-go. It's oh. just based on those descriptions, they would almost certainly be detached and only dating you as part of their own predestined purpose. So it's more like they're using you than dating you, and I'm I'm just not a fan of that. So let's say they aren't omniscient nor omnipotent. In that case, they merely have limited powers and knowledge with passionate followers, which means that technically your relationship will be as new and interesting to them as it is to you. You know that they like you because you are in some way appealing to them, and not that it's simply fated to happen, and in that way they likely will react to you in more human emotional ways than robotic factual ways. Now, for actions that they take on, say, the good-evil scale, they need to be good, or at least good-adjacent. Uh, I'm not dating an evil god or, <laughs> or a neutral god. Sure. Yeah, or a neutral god who helps or, or fights good and evil alike. I guess an apathetic god is, is feasible. <laughs> and, and finally comes demeanor. If they're egotistical and constantly saying how great of a god they are, I'd likely be both unamused <laughs> and have many questions for them regarding why and why not they take certain actions unless they walk the walk as well as they talk the talk. However, if they either didn't tell me they're a god or didn't make it a major fixture in our relationship, I'd say, <laughs> sure, it's feasible. And really, in many ways, based on how talented she is, I think there's a distinct possibility I'm with a goddess right now. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. As, as for dating Dr. Manhattan, uh, that's such an incredibly hard no, I'm not sure where to even start. In fact, I have no idea how Angela would even agree to see him again, let alone date him after that spectacular, spectacular outing. Oh, that was very nice. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I have to. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> I think You're there's something. I'm Look at that. Oh, I've never done that before. That's good. That's good. 
there's something that I didn't think of with this whole dating a God thing, though. Would you, if they didn't want you to know that they were a God and they just wanted you to like them, couldn't they just make it happen? Yeah, probably. Sad. Anyway. <laughs> so, okay. So for me, <laughs> when we refer to God, we're talking little G, the blue man. So I, I, these are so many different definitions we can go for. But if Dr. Manhattan came up to me and asked me out and I knew for sure that was him, I would definitely say no. Uh, but I'm not against being friends. Oh. <laughs> I honestly would be irritated that he is spending his time with me and not doing really cool world changing things. What a waste. Even Ozymandias uses his intelligence for changing the world. Granted, he kills a ton of people, but at least he's trying. Oh. <laughs> I mean, hmm. I, <laughs> good I participation <laughs> trophy for him. Excellent. Excellent. I think <laughs> I mean, I would encourage him to find bigger purpose in life than sitting in a bar with me. I, I certainly wouldn't want him forgetting who he is when he could be out there saving lives or something. I feel too guilty. If he did stay himself, dating him would be too annoying, as Angela and Lori both know. Uh, and if he's a guy who isn't ever really there, it's it's not a good relationship. No, no, no good relationship material can come out of this. That was well thought out. <laughs> and, and, and also, you'd rather date Ozymandias than Dr. Manhattan, which... I did not say that. I, that's not what you should get me when I said that. No. Would you date Ozymandias? No. No, I'm an over there too. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a no because he could decide to murder me at any point and like use my body parts for his own tools. I don't know. I mean, they both good, but I don't think one of them. Probably. <laughs> what? Big baby. <laughs> All right. So our next question is, could you do a better job hitting on Angela as a god than Dr. Manhattan? Sesh? Okay. For one, I would lead more mystery and not mention the tragic end. Like I mentioned before, I think that kind of ruins things. Um, maybe just tease at it. Could be, you know, every day's the best day of your life. Or maybe it all ends in tragedy. Who knows? I mean, I know, but you know, nobody knows. Right? <laughs> but you know. Um, you know, all the positive things will help Angela out in her many, many stresses of life. And the positive things to remember when the God is out of her life, you know? Um, but you know what? It, it worked. He got a life out of it. Of it. So, I mean, it, I guess pretty solid. Okay. Good job, Sash, putting yourself out Aww. there. That's right. <laughs> if any of our viewers want 
It's five five five. It's sesh. Five five five. It's sesh. All right, all right, Jonathan. Uh, how about you? Uh, well, after helping a brother out there, <laughs> first I get out my Datelines app. I'll take that extra sponsorship money in tacos. Datelines LLC. Uh, wait, wait, what? Oh. HR is telling me that I in no way get paid for my interning mm -hmm. and insinuating otherwise could make me liable for damages and yes. to meet with legal immediately after the show. That's right. <laughs> oh. Well, <clears throat> back to the question at hand. I would have approached her much, much more empathetically, saying something along the lines of, it's interesting how no matter how loud the party today is, it's never quite as loud as the deafening silence of the loss today brings. Oh. You care to talk about it? Wow. If she doesn't, you can say that it's okay. I can handle it. I am responsible for your sadness after all. And while you can never make up for what you did to her and the many others like her, you can offer her a journey into discovering how things could should have been, or a trek through her own Garden of Eden. Oh. Well, it may not last. I didn't mean it like that. Well, <laughs> well that's very dirty. Uh, well, well, HR does not approve. I still don't know if it's the previous comment I said or what you said there, but they're just shaking their head violently. I'm trying to look away. While it may not last, she will get a better understanding of the choices you had to make or the lack thereof, and the issues of being a god when groups of people offer conflicting prayers. And how does one determine who should live and who should die? He can end by saying that no matter what choices he made and continues to make, he will always have wronged her. Mm -hmm. But if that she allows him, he can spend the rest of his life doing right by her too. I would definitely avoid making clones of her parents, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, that probably would not go over very well. Oh. So avoid, avoid that one. Avoid that. But that was very sweet. Ah, thank you, uh -huh. thank you. No, so, um, I think I could do a better job of wooing her, especially if I was a god. I mean, I have so much at my disposal here. Um, first <laughs> meeting would be in a more intimate place than a bar. I wouldn't meet her there. I would perhaps wait until she's going for a walk and and uh, would flash a little blue smile to get her attention. Yeah. Pick, you know, if she drops something, pick it up and be like, hey, you know, I would let her make a wish that I would fulfill gallantly. Uh, yes, I'd be her love genie. <laughs> Too cheesy? I don't know. I, I think like that. <laughs> I think I, uh, that <laughs> I think Dr. Manhattan did a good job of understanding her loneliness and need for family, which is interesting that he has that ability to understand her after so many years away from people. Um, I would wit I would whisk her away to a gorgeous part of my Europa for a few hours and have romantic music playing and an elegant meal floating ready for her after her mind stopped spinning from the unbelievable shift. I would probably literally take her on a magic carpet ride around the world. 
while giving her a chance to get to know me, I would say how special I thought she was. And that even though I can make any world I wanted, any world that I want, it is meaningless if I am not a part of hers. Ooh, that's a line. Nicely done. You don't even need the Dateline sass. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would use my, my gaudiness to... To blow her mind, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, well, moving yeah, on. Like you said, um, godliness, godliness. Uh -huh. We were gonna just godliness, skip over it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good call, good catch there. <laughs> All right, our next question is: Could you make a better world than the one Doctor Manhattan made on Europa? Sash. Uh, okay, for this one, I have to say, yeah, yeah, I could do better, definitely. Okay, so one, variety in the dumb thumbs. How do you keep the names straight? They all look the same. There's only guys and girls that know what the difference is. Okay, mm -hmm. there'll also be some more animals, I mm -hmm. think, and this would be a lot of fun to have. Uh, where were the adorable puppies? Why were there no adorable puppies? Clearly, yeah. also, you should have asked space travel equipment. He could travel around. No, mm -hmm. come back home. He would have. He would have loved it. Uh, that would do. Mm -hmm. Okay, I would also make a mini Earth for the most part, like with a bunch of landmarks, like Seven Wonders, the world, and you could travel with it, like a short horseback ride. Right now, you can do the thing. Um, I'd make other things to go see and travel to. I'd make magical travel time. Super short. Mm -hmm. Where was Disney Europa? <laughs> come on, it could have been a Disney World on. Disney Europa. Where was that? Where's the cool space bubble to get out of Earth area and see the alien type? You know? That'd be pretty cool. He got an Europa? Just safely? Where was his space suit? I would have made a suit. Like, you know, without a contestant phone. Like, you know, as something had That would have been fun. Where was the, you know, the, the TV shows with the newest <laughs> shows coming to space? <laughs> That sounds like a lot of fun. Adorable yeah. puppies, fun. space travel, Disney. That's pretty good stuff. How about you? What's your Earth world like, Jonathan? My my world of joy and beauty. Uh -oh. <laughs> isn't isn't it amazing that he created life and formed an absolutely beautiful paradise with a simple raising of his hands? Only for what he made to be entirely lacking in charm and just rather bland and indistinct? You see, the problem with being omniscient is, as Ozymandias said best, I know this is the second time I'm quoting Ozymandias, something is wrong with me. <laughs> it, it, it comes with a profound lack of imagination. Dr. Manhattan was clinical and mechanical in his creation on Europa, making sure every single detail was a recreation of a positive memory of his childhood. But that's not what makes something beautiful. It's not making a replica of the past. It's the emotions tied to that moment. It's why we can be miserable in the most beautiful island paradise and be overflowing with happiness in a barren wasteland. It's all about who you're with and what you're feeling that makes a place and a memory special. And recreating that specific moment will never do it justice. Mm -hmm. It'll simply be a fractured facsimile that pales in comparison to the real thing. To be a better world, a better experience, it simply had to be different than what he already knew. 
It had to be creative, something nobody had ever seen before, something that one could truly be in awe of. So if I were him, I'd simply be creative and think outside the box. Create a landscape and beach where the water allows you to swim amongst the cosmos. Ooh. Make adorable and colorful new animals that nobody has ever seen before. Use, yes. use mm. texture, color, and smell, and sound even, to be a fundamental part of each area. Think of a soundtrack to each area, never-ending. Make places to explore, mysteries to solve, thrilling rides to go on, and change it up from time to time. Don't be afraid to make mistakes, as the smallest imperfections are the things that add the most uniqueness. And by the way, this is good since we did the dating advice thing, the last question. This is good dating advice. Everybody wants to be somebody else. Everybody wants to look like somebody else. Everybody wants to be as successful as somebody else. But if everybody were the same person or if everybody were looked identical or had the same job or the same role, nobody would stand out. Nobody would be attractive. Nobody would be interesting, you know? Sure. <laughs> so the truth is be yourself, you know, people, if people like you for who you are, that makes everything so much easier for you because otherwise you're just going to be pretending to be something else for the rest of your life. And that, that doesn't make a good relationship. That's going to make you sad and miserable all the time. Just be yourself. And eventually at some point you'll find a person who sees you as that special and unique person that you are. Mm -hmm. That was really beautiful. Very nice advice. Mm -hmm. Well, both of your worlds sound really amazing. Mm. I took it a little more um, hmm, Vulcanish. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I would make a world very similar to Earth, but instead of making people without the ability for strife and violence, I would make a world with people just like humans, but who have one difference. Every person has a gene that makes them value informed and unbiased decision-making. It would be a world where judgment is carefully deliberated and war is very rare because deliberation is more valued than angsty fighting. They would still have their emotions, but wouldn't let emotions run their decision-making. Uh, however, they value wisdom first and tend not to break their hierarchy. So even though they have emotions, it's not what runs them. Um, the people would be on average more boring than Earth people, but they would still have free will and would not be mindless. Uh, the world would be gorgeous and would be made up of many uh, small islands. Mm -hmm. Yes, with perfect weather. Everyone would have their own private island if they wanted. And the separation of, of lands with water would help deter fighting as well. <laughs> so uh, it's a kind of a metered life, but <laughs> it's, it's true. It, it is, is peaceful. It, it, is, it is hard. <laughs> yeah, it is hard chucking coconuts over over vast bodies of water. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. You're right. I guess I'm uh, more concerned about the peace than the fun, apparently. So. Well, I think you just like island living. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. If everything could be Hawaii, it would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to make Hawaii a whole planet of Hawaii. Exactly. exactly. That, that's not bad. <laughs> All right. So um, what are your thoughts and ratings for this episode, uh, Sesh? Oh, well, uh, I, I think this might be a nine for me. It, 
doesn't quite have a like master craftsmanship and important messages from the other episodes. Um, but for the full story overview of the series, it's just so wonderful. This episode was very satisfying in a lot of ways. It answered all these questions we've had since the start of the show. And I'm not left wondering about what's happened, but about what's next. And that is a favorite way to leave an episode on. Um, where I'm satisfied, but also just, I cannot wait to watch my cuts. I actually want good cliffhangers. As long as they have a resolution um, and I catch up quickly, I love hitting, you know, next on the <laughs> next chapter. Um, I also love how not satisfying it was. Um, but there's just a little Dr. Manhattan, uh, Grandpa, I'm Luke, of, oh, now I know he's from the clan. <laughs> I, I think that was like just such a such a hilarious scroll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Oops. Like, ah, uh, I love it. So funny having like that humor, like, growth and all this craziness. It's just, oh, gold. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's great because it also shows that while he might not, he might know everything, like that's not important to him at all. <laughs> great, yeah, I love it. So, what was what was your take? Uh, I thought it was a very good episode, uh, especially in how it gave insight into how tragic it is to be a god. Where good and evil and right and wrong are entirely in the eye of the beholder, and I mean that's. The Watchmen series in a nutshell, really. Um, how you're merely a passenger to your own life, fated to never be able to actively make change and simply play the role we're given. Everyone wants to be God until they, wow, every, I'll try that again. That was very Southern. Everyone wants to be God until they find out how truly horrible the job is. It's no wonder why John became so detached from humanity when he became Dr. Manhattan. He was no longer able to be a part of it. So while he may have so while he may have had superpowers, he really had no ability to actively use them. Good stuff. Uh, I love the cinematography again in this one, and I think they captured both the paradox and the despondency uh, in the episode remarkably well um, also. Uh, this is a very solid episode for me, and I give it a 9 out of 10 as well. Cannot wait for the finale. I mean, I, I agree with, with both of, of you guys, uh, but I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> all right. I just thought it was masterfully done. I, I It put me in a more contemplative, romantic mood, even though it wasn't necessarily romantic. It The persistence of Dr. Manhattan, even knowing everything that's going to happen because she is persistent, because her humanity brings him joy and love and life. I think it was just masterful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to see what, what can make a God enjoy life again. And it's, it's her, ability to not give up her ability to really love and i think that's just the way they weaved it the way they played the past and the future with at the same time the way they weaved it with with the uh getting to know you story was just all wonderful <laughs> that was such a good moment too where he's like oh this is where i fall. 
Right. And she's like, I want to go kill everyone. <laughs> it was so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that that is the show for today, you guys. Yeah, that is uh, that is all of our questions. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess it's time for the outro. Um, thank you very much for uh, for watching us and supporting us. And uh, again, uh, uh, listening uh, uh, to this crazy uh, crazy podcast we have going uh, on here. <laughs> And this has been such a great series. I mean, we have had an absolute joy uh, going ahead and uh, and listening uh, uh, to these shows, watching them, and then also talking about them in detail, uh, which is pretty great. And it's also sad that it will be coming to a close soon. That's right. Yeah. Two weeks from now, uh, this June will be 4th. on June 4th. Uh, that's one week from now. Is it? Yes. Oh my goodness. Is, is, is <laughs> that when our next I episode looked, is? No, no. It's two weeks from now, which is uh, June 11th. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about June that. June 11th is the day. <laughs> so June, June 11th, uh, that is a... Thursday. 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 Yes. You sure about that? Okay. Maybe, maybe it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it we is. We usually aim for doing these on Thursdays. Yes. Sometimes, like uh, this week, for example, we have to switch it up. Yeah. It's usually pretty that, yeah. that is uh That is why this part is my favorite part of the show, because <laughs> I still, after 10 episodes uh, or 8 episodes, I don't even know that, I, I still... Yeah, I hope we never write down yeah i know i i still have no idea when our next show is really it's whenever they unleash me from my cage and send me out here saying that if i'm yeah yeah saying that uh saying that i'll get fed if i uh if i participate so um in any case though thank you so much for your support as i said we're coming to an end soon which means that in about four weeks uh, we will be starting to review our new show. Yes. Um, we should probably put up a survey somewhere on what uh, our viewers would like to hear us go ahead and uh, and look into. I know uh, I know that uh, we had one viewer who said uh, Avatar. Yeah. Um, we also were looking at possibly uh, Stranger Things, mm -hmm. and uh, I think we had a couple others in there. But I can't remember them offhand. No, we didn't. Okay, so we'll we'll make something for people to vote on. Yeah. Yeah, and let us know, and we are happy to watch and uh, go ahead and do a detailed review. So, if you love this episode, please share, like, and subscribe, um, or follow, or if you're on Podbean, possibly do a thumbs up or smiley face not sure um but we love you podbean um <laughs> i know we still haven't figured that out after all this time either it's amazing and um if you didn't like this episode if you absolutely hated it uh please share like and subscribe twice because that is really how you get that anger across <laughs> that'll show us um other than that we really had a great time tonight with you 
And I guess until next time, could you do it better? All right, bye guys. Bye.